wheat volatility is riding high. And the cattle price won't slide. We wonder what's going to happen next. Smart money's buying sheep. Your advice comes pretty cheap. Why don't you ask what we can do? Just the two of us. Making podcasts on the fly. Just, Just the, the two, two of us. us. Just, Just the two of us. Of us. You and, you and I. I. You're listening to Ag Watchers. This is Adam Clark, and you're with the ubiquitous Andrew Whitelaw and Matt Daglish. That, that, that was very professional. I know you, you can tell. You can tell when you got a professional on, mate. When you someone that's used to a microphone, used to performing, you just go straight into it. Didn't even phase him, did it? Not, not, not like, not like Rob Kelly, <laughs> where, uh, where he was a bit, he's a bit flustered by it. Uh, but no, very professional. We should probably probably get Adam to actually do the intro every week. Well, you are, you, you are everywhere you'd like, so I needed to go with a <laughs> one word to sum it up. That's it, um, Adam. So this one's a, an interesting one for me, Andrew, because um, not many people would know, but Adam and I went to high school together uh, all those years ago, back when Way we back had... When? When we had slates and there was no internet and all this kind of stuff. Um, so... Uh, so yeah, it's kind kind of funny that we've um, you know come full circle and now you know both in ag. I guess you've been in it for a bit more than me. Why don't you give the listeners Adam a bit of a quick rundown of who you are and what you do? Sure. <clears throat> oh, well, my name is Adam Clark. My company is AC Grain. AC being Adam Clark. Uh, I am a grain broker. Uh, I work specifically in the trade to trade space. Uh, the things that I try to cover to the best of my ability are the FOB markets, so the bulk. I uh, do what we call the track markets uh, nationally. And I also do uh, DCT, which is delivered container terminal uh, containers. So I mainly do wheat, uh, but by default, you end up doing some other things, you know, from time to time, be it sorghum or barley. Uh, during the drought, when we were bringing anything and everything around from Western Australia into New South Wales and uh, Brisbane, you know, we've touched lupins and all sorts of different things, but that's very much, you know, was the drought situation. But, yeah, I'm a broker uh, and I'm in the trade-to-trade space, so non-grower. Very good. Now, just because you're a, um, an old friend, um, you, don't get, you don't get away empty-handed with the six cents. We're still going to give you a run for the six cents before we get into it, talk grain markets. Sure. Right, so, Andrew, did you wanna do you wanna fire well, some off? We'll, we'll have to explain the sixth sense. Okay, radio. For everyone listening, it's a mm-hmm. word association, part of our psychological psychometric testing of our guests. So uh, we'll we'll fire a, a word at you or or a short phrase, and you give us the first sort of phrase or word that comes to to mind when it, when you hear it. Mm-hmm. So Matt, Saint John's Regional College, Dandenong. I was glad to get out of there. <laughs> I walked up that concrete ramp on the last time and I was happy. A couple of weak, phrases. Weak quality this year. Won't be as bad as people think, but we're going to have some big percentages of downgrades. The degree to which it's downgraded is the question. That's what we need to find out. Like pudding. Disgraceful. Pizza Hut. Non-existent? Does it still exist in Australia? I think it is. 
What about uh, what about Vladimir Putin? <laughs> Vladimir Putin. Oh, lost it. Lost the plot. Rocks. Rocks. Crocs. The shoot footwear. Why? Comfort and style, obviously. Although I do see the merit in the ones that are lined with sheepskin if you're just rolling around the house. I think Andrew's got a pair of those. I think they're very comfortable. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just wondering now to myself how we ever were friends in high school if you don't like black pudding and you don't like Crocs. Two of the two of the best inventions kicking around. Of the 21st century. They certainly are. Not for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so right, we're we're here to talk about grains. Yeah. Um, or we can talk about <laughs> Matt at high school. No, nah, we're talking oh, about grains. I think it's better. What, what do you want to cover? Oh, we'll Adam. stick to the we'll stick to the grains. I think because you know, I guess the uh, the eighties were you know we could do things back then that you can't do now. So I probably don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or some things you could do back then you, that you couldn't do back then you can do now. Like there was, a spe- there was a specific chocolate cake that Matthew left in the uh, fridge of the staff room <laughs> and Matt was nearly doing his exams in another location that didn't involve St John's. Yeah, that's, that's very true. The, the chocolate cake from the parents' auxiliary um, <laughs> that had us full of laxatives for the teachers to eat. That you was, said it, uh, mate. I didn't want to throw you under the bus. You did it yourself, but you did do it. So <laughs> I'm learning all that's, this new stuff. That's brave. That's brave. We'll, we'll, we'll go back to this later. But sure. grains, this this year has been a bit of a tumultuous year. You're still laughing, Matt. <laughs> bit, Sorry, bit, Andrew. Bit, tumultuous bit, year, yes. Bit a bit of professionalism, please, Matt. Mm. You know, don't get nervous. <laughs> the uh, this year, you, you've been in the grain trade for quite a while. Yep. How, how do you reckon this year and all, all the all the um, issues we've had over the last, let's say, 12 months compares to previous periods? Um, look, I look, I do think that it's I do think it's the worst in terms of the amount of water um, across the East Coast. But it isn't something that we haven't seen before either. Um, mm. You know, and we've worked our way through it. Um, so, you know, it's a pretty resilient industry you know, we've got, we're very fortunate. We have very resilient growers. Um, the industry is a bit more sophisticated now too, in terms of its ability to uh, deal with these events. So, you know, the industry will work through it fine. It's just, you know, we're just, it, today we're in a situation of, yes, you know, we've got downgrades, um, but we don't know what we don't know. Um, it's the extent of what the downgrades are and what are the downgrades and what does that, is it a test weight issue? Uh, is it a mycotoxin issue in uh, northern New South Wales or Queensland, for example? So, you know, uh, we're starting to get little bits of glimmers of these bits of news starting to roll through, but we really don't have a, you know, a broadly speaking. Uh, but look, this week we'll know more now that we've got this heat coming in and this mm. heat building. Uh, it's, uh, we're in a, you know, we'll, we'll know a lot more um, on Friday than what we do today. What about, like, what would you compare it closely? Like 2010 was probably... 2010 is the one, yeah. Do you think it was 2010 seemed worse to me than, mm. than this year? I'm not quite, or at least the finish did. 
Yeah, look, you know, I was back trading then, and yes, it was difficult, but um, I don't know, there just seems to be a bit more, it seems to be wetter, but I haven't had a look at any figures to, to back that up either. Maybe it's just recent memory that makes me say that. Yeah. Have there been, I know there's going to be downgrades to, to the quality, but have there been much discussed around actual yield losses or what what's the forecast now? How many kind of tonnage is wiped off the harvest, say, um, that you're hearing? Has there been or just more is going to be downgrades? Uh, look, there there will be some there will be some loss, um, and then it's been such a wet year, even going back to planting that you know, like in New South Wales, there was a lot of crop that didn't even really go in. Um, I know of a couple of big, you know, well, corporate types that you know, they didn't even, you know, they couldn't get on it, they couldn't scratch it in. So, you know, New South Wales is a real is is a mystery, um, but. It, it's, you know, it's a fascinating state. It's, you know, the topography of it, the different soil types, uh, the different microclimates, uh, the resilience of those growers in New South Wales with what they've been through since, you know, 2016 it was wet. And then we got into a scorcher drought. Uh, now we've had these wet years, you know, they're a pretty resilient crew. So New South Wales has got everybody guessing again, a little bit. Yeah. But there'll, be, there'll be bits of the kind of New South Wales that, all oh, those floodplains and stuff. Like I drove yeah. up through there yesterday only through the southern parts yeah. and there's obviously bits floodplains and whatnot that are wiped out yeah but there's going to be all the other places that will have a yield benefit from exactly this, right? and the heat Ex coming through it's going to be exactly. delayed though oh yeah no it's delayed yeah that's that that's really the issue today is the is the delay look let's you know call it you know weather permitting a month a month delay um mm. that that's really the industry challenge today as opposed to you know because uh, the, the the pipeline wants to move, um, but you know the roads are blocked, rails an issue. Uh, so, what about, what about the domestic guys, the chicken and pig guys? Because we quite often we we know that generally they tend to at this time of year they hold off until harvest. They're always a bit sort of hand to mouth this time of year. Are they scrambling around a bit? Um, Look, and, and, and as they should be come this time of year, I mean, they really should have, in terms of the current season contract book, if you like, they really probably shouldn't have many purchases. And and if they, they might have some new crop purchases if, if they saw value, you know, jam forward. So this cusp period is always tricky for domestic end users. Um, and look, and we are seeing, um, you know, I've been involved in a couple of bits of business, you know, in the last couple of weeks or so, that there is a premium there for anything that they can access um on the current spot. season grain in the spot market yep. uh be it in the track market but certainly the delivered market is showing some pretty you know bids but it's all about just basically buying trucks and buying logistics in a pretty tough environment yeah so look they do have a um uh, a, a bit of a tricky period to work through the other thing is even if uh, they do own stock sometimes the bulk handlers can be a bit sticky this time of year once you tick over november you know they'll say well i'm closed for harvest uh, okay well i'm going to go and drive past a couple of storages and see if you've got trucks coming in you know so that that that, that is a that is a hard this a hard period to navigate in this situation for, for end users there's delays you said getting will be getting on the paddock to harvest because I guess yeah. and you said about a month but then what about all this talk of roads being really damaged in a lot of areas is that going to cause significant logistical issues like there's no way well, it we're going to we're going we're, they're not going to be able to fix those roads before no, they need need to use them right it, it, it will have to it will have to cause um, issues um, 
And then the, the other, in terms of that, you know, I mean, we can pretty much sort of say, well, broadly speaking for the wheat crop, last year's wheat crop, you know, the carryouts in Western Australia and it's in New South Wales. But in New South Wales, it's not really in the system. It's actually on farm. So to me, there's an unknown around what the quality is of grain that is, is stayed on farm throughout this period. And most of the, a lot of the reason that some of that grain will be there is that they just haven't been able to access it, not just in the last, you know, in the last weather event. Um, even prior to that, it's just been, you know, wet the whole way. Mm. Wet, or wetter than you would like, anyway. So it's a bit of a, it's a wait and see, see what happens. Very much so. Yeah, we're just waiting for more information. I mean, you know... Um, all all the people that I you know talk to, um, it's just you know we're waiting for harvest, waiting for harvest. Yeah. One of the things that we we, we sort of we got a lot of people phoning us up saying, oh, we're never going to be able to get rid of all this feed wheat or lower quality grains. We've been doing that for years, haven't we? Like it's not a challenge to get rid of feed wheat. No. On a global market, and I don't understand. No. Why we keep getting this question all the time. How are we going? No, to get it's not. It's not. It's not a challenge. It's not uh, uh, the the challenge is getting it to where it needs to be. So, look in the domestic market. You know, we've seen um, all the growth in the feedlot sector. Um, so, you know, the wheat price has been such that they've been using wheat in terms of the price relationship to barley. Um, but then in the export market, you know, we. Um, you know, the, the Philippines, South Korea, you know, Vietnam, um, there, if you look at their, ex, you look at the exports over a, you know, period of time, um, they're, they're pretty stable markets for us. Yeah. So maybe over time we should be moving towards higher yielding feed varieties. Uh, well, so I sort of think that we, the growers no, sort of already in are in many ways, yeah. In, in Victoria, definitely. Yeah, yeah. In, in the Western districts. Yeah. So what about the uh, export task? We've had, it's, it's quite remarkable when you think, we had the two droughts, yeah. 18 and 19. Yeah. 2020, 21, and 2022 yeah. is probably going to be a big year as well anyway, regardless. Mm-hmm. How, how do you think the industry's done in terms of getting it out of the country? I think that, I think that they've done a remarkable job. Um, you know, they're, there's been challenges throughout this COVID period in relation to labour and things like that. But, you know, look, we, when, we, when we calculate the export data for the year, we work on a, I'm not you know, telling you anything you probably don't know, but we work on a 1st of October to SEP 30 basis. Yeah. Um, now, we were forecasting 28.5 million tonnes of wheat exports for the period just gone. Um, and I think we've come in just over 27.5. Now, really, that shortfall of a million tonnes isn't demand. It's actually been the inability to move it to market. But if you look at, uh, look, let's call it innovation, even though it's just, you know, putting grain over the side of a boat. But if you look at the uh, proliferation of, um, uh, look, is it okay to name names? Or? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you look at what Reardon's have done in Geelong and Portland, uh, CHS, um, you know, Wagner's have got a new sort of portable loader up there in Brisbane. Uh, there's, a, there's a couple of portable loaders up there in Brisbane. Um, you know, tea ports coming along in South Australia. You know, we've really seen a lot of capacity added um, uh, in, in our market. 
Um, you know, look, and in Western Australia, you know, th th there has been some challenges, but the challenges have basically been around labour and having, you know, like people to drive a train. Biggest challenge is getting it to port. Like the port, yeah, the getting port, it to the port. export capacity is more than the, the, it's getting it to port. Yeah, and look, and if we can get it, if we can get a good flow of grain, and you know, and the the, the demand is there, you actually don't have to add that much capacity on a per month basis to actually get us to thirty million tonne for wheat. You know, these are massive numbers. With that, look, what you're saying before about that's just wheat, get, by the way, not yeah, barley, yeah, canola, yeah. etc. Yeah. But getting it to port, then the issue is more, you know, coming from upcountry to port is where the the, the, the supply chain blockage been or the, the bottleneck. That's but right. So do you think? Do you well, think? I was going down to Hume yesterday, yeah, and it's atrocious. Like there was potholes that would swallow a car easily, and that's a mm. major road. And so I hazard to think what it would be like on any of the, you know, arterial sort of roads. So with, with how much how much of that I guess supply chain issue getting to port was a was what caused basis to blow out so so negative through the year, you know was it was it all that logisticals or was it also do you think a little bit the, the trade because of the uncertainty around what was happening in Ukraine and what Putin was going to do next, so there was there was almost that uncertainty factor built in so that the trade or, or the brokers grain traders weren't prepared to pay closer to the international price just because it could drop away so quickly? I mean, basis, it, it, essentially, essentially, it's just a, a calculation. I mean, really, the conversations we have these days around price and how you determine what a market is, is really in the export market, it's really about, you know, cost and freight and competing origins. Um you know, yeah, not many people really talk about, you know, not many of my customers are really talking about basis so much these days. But in terms of why basis, if we want to say, was so cheap, we've ineffectively got, in wheat, we've ineffectively got an exportable surplus, which is above our ability, our export chain capability. So um, the other thing is, you know, uh, trading limits, Working capital constraints, you know, they all they all factor into, you know, the trade just weren't there just to stand there and there was nothing telling them really to stand there and just carry a, a mm. gutload of grain. Costs a lot of money. It mm. does. And there's no fear of missing out. You know, you yeah. get what you're and Look, and the other thing is, you know, it's not just the wheat trader, it's his colleague, the barley trader, the canola trader. You know, the working capital demands were enormous across ags. Mm. So I remember a couple of years ago, I met you, Adam, mm -hmm. at the uh, AGIT conference. Mm -hmm. I reckon it was about, I'm going to say, close to midnight, if not after midnight. Yeah. And we'd, we'd had a few, I think I was actually had a broken arm at the time. Uh, yeah. And if, you told me a story, but I can't quite. <laughs> I can't, Here we go. Here we go. I can't, I can't quite remember the story. It's a shame that you can't remember it because I'm sure it was... Uh... Quite was, a good one. It was a good one, and and it was and it was the reason why. All I remember <laughs> was the words Pizza Hut, and and Matt oh. at high school. I don't know. No. Oh. <laughs> like I, I said, to I, you, I know I know what you're talking about. Do we really want to do this? Yeah. All right. <laughs> well. Uh... Yeah. Well, as you sure, man. Well, the thing. This is the thing that just, just, I'm just don't incriminate yourself. 
Well, yeah. that's what I'm going to say. That anything you say might incriminate yourself. So you probably. I mean, look, just, just incriminate me. Yeah, I'm. I'm not too far off having a daughter that's in year ten, and this all happened when we were in year ten. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, mm, okay, hey, all right. It's, this is it's okay. You, you can't. You can't. All right. You can't I'll, incriminate look, yourself. It. It's beyond the statute of limitations. So yeah, fine. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. All right. So it's, I'll just as a caveat, I'll just say we were very, we were young adolescent young men, right? Pre pre men even in year ten. We were. Yeah, yeah. So, you're ten. So, you're ten is what, fifteen? Yeah, fifteen, sixteen. I would have been fifteen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um. So, well, firstly, Matt and I were both pretty well developed as young blokes, so we didn't have too much trouble getting into nightclubs or things of that nature. It was early on that journey, anyway. And mm. that this this episode was really just a confidence builder. So anyway, look, we were doing, I don't know if they do it anymore, but they used to do this thing called work experience in year 10. Yeah. Um, now, <laughs> at, at that time, even then, I knew that I wanted to be a stock and station agent and effectively I wanted to be an auctioneer. That's what I, I knew what I wanted to do. And I had a second tranche of work experience lined up to do that. But first, I wanted to understand the wholesale pricing of guitars. So I, so I worked at Brash's, which was then in Elizabeth Street, and Matt was at the Stock Exchange. And what Matt and I would do is we would meet at the Pizza Hut in Elizabeth Street. It's up on the second floor, and you had you had they had this deal where you could get this small pizza and a crownie. Anyway, I there was a we went to a Catholic school. Brother Luke used to come around and visit us. Anyway, I made the mistake of telling Brother Luke had asked me, "Oh, hey." You know, do you catch up with anybody else? I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I've been seeing that dad leash. He said, oh, what do you do? I said, oh, we go to Pizza Hut for lunch. And anyway, Matt and I are sitting up there having a pizza and a crowny, and in walks Brother Luke. <laughs> that, was that your recollection, Matt? It was. It was. I'm and glad he you didn't, told And he didn't say a word. He just looked didn't. at the beers and he said, all right, have a good lunch, you guys. <laughs> good old Brother Luke, yeah? Better, yeah. Than, better than Father Aloysius, anyway, from the old Catholic school. <laughs> Okay. I, thought, I was actually quite scared. I was quite scared, Adam Clark, because I think Pizza Hut might have featured in another story that happened in the nighttime uh, around that same period in in high school, where we were having a a bit of a tour around. I think Frankston and thereabouts um, with a one Peter Quinn and his older cousin. If you well, I remember that, that night too, Matt. But yeah, we, wanna, we won't yeah. go into that one. Yeah, there, that's right. yeah no, that, that was that was the one I was thought you're going to tell. So no. I that one's too incriminating, is it? Very, very. No. So, we'll, so we'll get back to grain markets. We'll get back to grain markets again. What, what, what about good. what about Putin? That what was uh, what's what's the ideas around that? Around what, sorry? Putin. Uh, what are my ideas around it? Yeah, yeah. Well, like what, what, what? Uh, like if you compare like the geopolitics geopolitical issues we've had over the last 12 months versus other periods. This must have been, like, oh, when, you talk, when you're talking to the trade, it must be the most sort of... Difficult time in terms of just... Oh, well, I don't think any of us have seen anything like this. Um, yeah, I... No, were you surprised, because... Were you surprised by, like, if you cast your mind back to pre-invasion of mm. Ukraine, um, were you surprised that they actually went in? Because, I mean, I think Andrew and I... We got that one wrong. Quite, we didn't think they were going to actually go in. I no, I wasn't. I wasn't no, I wasn't surprised. I think that uh, you know, with Crimea and the form that we'd seen him have before, um, I, I wasn't. I wasn't surprised at all. Yeah. 
And so how, like, so in your view, is he, is he in, I mean, obviously it's, it's taken a lot longer than what he probably anticipated in terms of trying to wrestle control. Do you think it's just, he's just going to grind away, uh, you know, and, and until things kind of change or, or like, oh, I the... think that, I think he'll be, I think he'll be thinking about, I mean, even last week when we saw pretty much a very quick U-turn on the, let's call it the Black Sea grain deal. Um, yeah. And, you know, and it was all very quiet. I mean, it's, you know, I think that he's worked out that he needs to be exporting grain, whether it's for the for money or to be moving their massive crop. I mean, they're sitting on a, you know, they're sitting on in excess of 100 million tonne of wheat plus carry-in. I mean, it's uh, it's got to go, it's got to move. Uh, and it will move at some stage. It's just going to be, and it is moving, um, but maybe not as fast as as, as people would like. Um, yeah. Also, look, I think that we, uh, th- these are just my thoughts now. I think we underestimate the influence of the Turkish. I mean, they effectively mm. control the Bosphorus waterway. Yep. Um, you know, they're, they're really the ones that are... Um, um, probably got, you know, the final say in a lot of this stuff. But, you know, same thing again, you know, this week, you know, we know we're exporting grain again. You know, we know that, you know, the futures market pretty much unraveled on that news. Um, and then now it's like, all right, you know, the people that are tracking it, they're going to be wanting to see, you know, new vessels going to those originations, you know, this this week over the course of the next couple of weeks to give us a, a uh, you know, some sort of determination as where to from here. I mean, I mean, pretty much the wheat market is trading Black Sea politics and Southern Hemisphere crops, mm. Argentina, Australia. Oh, look, and you can throw in, you know, the drought in the US plains as well as a third item, but they're, they're pretty much the ones that the wheat market's yeah, we're trading on, we're, we've at a macro at, level. At the moment, as we're recording this, we're about 10 <laughs> days away from that deal getting renewed or ended. Mm. And you would think after them doing the U-turn last week, you'd think they'll come to some sort of deal. Would have thought, yeah. Uh, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't make any logical sense, but there's been quite a few times when things have been illogical in that That's part right. of the world. So That's right. It is pretty crazy, though. Like, it is. To think about in 2022 that we're talking about a sort of major conflict. I know. No. I know. It's, so, Maybe it's not over yet, you know. I don't think other places. Yeah. I think we'll see a lot more sort of issues over the next couple of years, especially if we start seeing global recessions and whatnot. Agree. So, how, how when you when you're talking to the trade, what was what was their sort of views on it? What what are they a bit sort of all over the place during that week of the invasion? Because it must have been pretty hectic. No, it no really, um, really. Um, you know, you just sort of like when we all sort of think the same thing, really. Mm-hmm. So you know, you're kind of just talking into a vacuum. But really, what happened is just from you know, for me, for for everybody, liquidity just dried up. Um, you know, it just it just goes quiet because you, you just don't know. People just don't know which way they want to trade this thing and how they want to be positioned for it. Yeah, I mean, the futures market almost look from a speculative perspective. Not that I profess to be a futures guy. I like the cash, but from a futures perspective, the that the, the Chicago almost looks untradeable if you're a speculator. Mm. Yeah, there's a, there's quite a few days from memory of lock limit up, then lock limit down. That's That's right. quite difficult yeah. to. To kind of you know yeah. tra- trade that kind of a market, it does. And it then does. when the, when this type of market, I always wonder like this type of market where it's you know run by really when you talk about those three issues, the three the, still the main issue is Black Sea politics, mm-hmm. and then especially during that period, say February through to April, yeah. Well, does the futures market really reflect the physical market? Probably not necessarily. No, nah, I mean, it's just the old cliche of buy the rumour, sell the fact. 
Yeah, and it sort of it, it was going crazy. You know, it was you know, and it wasn't, and the physical markets around the world weren't following it up. Oh. So we shall see. What about canola this year? Actually, I know you do wheat, but what what's your views on on the canola with the wet finish? Um. Well, I don't know in terms of um, the Victoria and New South Wales. Um, I don't have a view there at all. But, you know, I can see that the quality, from what I can pick up on the quality in Western Australia, it's it, it's it's fantastic stuff. Mm. Um, so, you know, uh, really the, the East Coast, from an export perspective, is probably going to have to fall in line with what's happening in the West – uh, but then you know you've got this you, we've got this big domestic market on the east coast uh, for the for the crushes. So uh, you, you know, look, I don't I don't know. I haven't heard any reports about canola on the east coast. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's another one of those wait and see. You know, look, I can see the guys are be, out there wind growing. There's a lot of photos of well, like wind growing or swathing, depending on what what, what side of the country you're on. Yeah. Um, you know, there's guys out there trying to do it. You know, just saw on Twitter on the weekend a guy was having a crack at Rankin Springs. Um, so, you know, there's going to be different bits of harvest and different things going on at different times as we get through this next month. Yeah. So we got, I was just looking on Twitter just now, actually, well, on the other screen and looking at the bomb forecast for the mm -hmm. next seven days. I haven't looked at that yet this morning. Most of New South Wales and Vic will be 25 to 50 mils. Right. Uh, Tassie, geez, so it's going to be a slow harvest in Tassie. They're going to, they're going to start till June, <laughs> which is about three weeks late. So, uh, but no, it's going to be continuing to be wet. And I think that's the, that's yeah. going to, it's going to be interesting. Every, every year in grain is interesting, isn't it, Adam? It is. There's always something new to sort of getting the way and make things difficult. You know, that's really the beauty of the job is that you get to start again fresh each year. Exactly. So, Anything else about Matt's childhood? <laughs> well, he wasn't uh, yeah. a child. He's still a child. <laughs> yeah. Took me a long time to grow up too. Nothing. I was thinking I was thinking we could use some of the expertise Adam has at performing and singing to get some advice from our, our singing on the podcast. If there's any, you know, something that you can um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that you're coachable, but I think that it is important <laughs> for you guys to have a third person on here to, so that you don't break into songs like just the two of us. <laughs> and we might have said it. Off, <laughs> we might have said it off here. You are, you are a um, a performer. You've been at the uh, the, folk, the folk festival at Port Ferry. You've been many yeah, many years. Yeah, yeah, I did that. Yeah, I mean it's just a hobby. It's just a thing that I you know that I stayed doing playing guitar. Yeah, you know. Yeah, Port Ferry, 12 years, um, you know, still do a few gigs, you know. Um, I live on the Mornington Peninsula, so winter wine weekend, I had a couple of, couple, of, couple of things booked in and, yeah, you know, I don't really chase the work or anything like that, but I might do, might do half a dozen gigs a year, bit keep, of fun. Keeps heaps of cash coming in when it's a drought. Yeah, yeah, well, I like, I, like, <laughs> I like having, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, yeah, but your advice to us was... Um, not to sing, and that Bill Withers must be teeing in his grave, is what that's I right. said yeah, off air. Yeah. I don't know if you know who wrote that song, but it was Bill Withers. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, right. yeah, yeah, no, we, we, we we've know, got to pick. Maybe we, you did know that. We do we've got to pick. We've got to pick artists that can't sue us. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, all, all their estates. Yeah. yeah. So there's no, so there's no advice for trying to improve upon our singing. 
just to do less of it. That's what you're telling us. Sorry, I guess the you know truth truth hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Great markets. Yeah. So in terms of in terms of this year going on, yeah, what's your yes. what's your advice for people in this season? Season like this, a wet season. Uh, my advice. Um, this look, advice, I guess this, this I advice guess, is general in nature. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, look, I guess. Look, I guess that it'll be once we know the quality, it'll be quite similar again. When the trade kind of want the grain, um, you know, they've got a train to load and a boat to load, or you know, you see uh, any any sort of price, um, any any little rallies in price. You know, I think that probably growers should be, you know, set, selling that. Yeah. Those are my thoughts. Because the growers... In terms of if if they've got milling wheat, um, then to me, the market, if you look at ASX or the track market, to me, it's already... To me, the price has already been factored in. So to say, well, I've got milling wheat uh, and today, you know, let's say ASX is nominally sort of 500 bucks for APW, um, then, you know, is it going to be at 550 no, don't think so. No, no, I, don't, I think I think you're right there. No, no. And I think so the question the question is just you know what what is the milling wheat kind of um, uh, feed wheat sort of uh, spread? Um, it, it really just as a, a a little calculator in in your back pocket if you're a grower to so, say oh you know that spread's come in a bit and I've got SFW I might let uh, a bit go. And that's yeah. where, that's I agree with you. I think the milling spread is pro- the milling is probably going to be like that. Yeah, it's the down that's, that's probably right. going to blow up. And, and Andrew, you put up a chart, I think, a week or so ago. Did I? On, yeah, I'm pretty sure comparing APW to ASW, or at least ASX to ASW. Um, and that that looked like to me that this the, the kind of premium for the higher protein wheat was similar levels to what we saw through that 2010 yeah, period, pre- right? It's pretty similar to 2010. It's not that yeah. similar to it, which is what which is expect. which is what you're saying, Adam, right? That that uh, that's been priced in, right? Yeah, and look, and once we get harvesting and we know what's out there, um, you'll probably see you'll probably see that you know that that price come off a little bit because really today, um, from a wheat perspective, you know the, the gear that they're probably wanting wanting to be exporting will probably be uh, mostly you know, feed quality, yeah. So that export demand, you know, there's not just an infinite export demand for APW. Um, yeah. it, it's The volume is in the is, is at the feed end. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things that we've noticed. I'm not sure if it's the same now, but even sort of maybe a month and a half ago, we was just talking to, like, at different events around the country, just talking to farmers about how little has been sold. That's that. That's the other thing, you know. I sort of had in the back of my mind as I was just speaking. It's like, you, you know, we know that, um, that on the east coast, uh, well, 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 look everywhere. I'd say the grower is not 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 that well sold at all. So there's a lot of grain that needs to come to market. Yeah, well, we sort got, of all know that. Well, yeah. We've got people sort of saying that it would normally be twenty percent sold. Yep. September, who are sub five. Yep. And. They've got to sell at some point, and that's yep. that's the risk that you just have this avalanche. Yeah, and like and you then, say, and then you've got the financials of, you know, are uh, is a trade going to be there to buy all at the same time? 
Uh, do you mean from a, a look um, in terms of the the trade or the domestic market? Um, if if a grower has got grain and then it's in a position to move, I think that maybe some of their earlier sales will be the best as a, as, as opposed to maybe holding on to March April. I would be I would be wanting to give that market uh, give the market the grain while it's calling for it now. And if you've got access and you and you know what you've got, you know, um, my thoughts are let it go. Like yeah. to wait it. Yeah. Hmm. You know, look, and yields in Western Australia, they seem to be up, you know, well, broadly 10% above where they thought they were going to be. So that's, that's you know, that's a massive crop coming in oh, over there. Yeah. It's huge. And it's, look, it is, it, the early signs are that it is pretty good quality. Um, you know, where they're harvesting wheat in the Geraldton port zone, um, you know, uh, where last week we were, uh, as a Friday, I think there was just over 100,000, you know, and I think a bit over a quarter of that is ASW min nine. They've got a, a, a min nine segregation mm. over there, um, a quarter of that. So, you know, that that crop's coming in uh, pretty good. Look, it's early days. We've got to get around the other port zones. But, um, you know, really, that's just such a powerhouse that um, uh the, the Australian farmer is almost competing with the Australian farmer, really. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's, a, tale, it's a tale of two states or yeah. two sides. Yeah. What, what, one, of yeah. the, one of the things coming out at the moment, a lot of people discussing is uh, the West Coast pricing. I don't know yeah. if you've seen that CBH have been sort of putting out bids there, but yeah. for very, very limited tonnages. tonnages. Or, or, I, don't know what the, I don't know what the volumes are, but it's... Oh, I don't think anybody knows what the what what the volumes are. But it's, but it's no. pretty much blink and you miss it type of a thing. Yeah, yeah. So what what's the what's the reason behind that? Do you have you heard anything about that or? It's just um, well, well, look, I don't know the reason or the policy. I can only interpret the information and 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 it's and it's um, my own thoughts. Yeah. I just think that they're trying to find a way to um, – it's no open secret that the CBH marketing and trading don't have as much capacity as they've had in years gone by. Uh, the capacity is made up of uh, a long-term agreement uh, and then they have a, a first-in, first-serve um, scenario. Um, and I just think that they don't have as much capacity as they would like. So, you know, they're trying to find a way to show good prices to drag everybody else along with them um, to to support their um, their shareholders. Right, Australian growers. Yeah, and look, and um, it, it it does though. Look, it does seem to be causing quite a bit of frustration um, over there. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I can understand from the growers' point of view that they there's always been the perception that CBH would always be there to offer a price, regardless. And, oh, and, and I don't and, think and, that that's changed. And, and they can offer the price, but just not necessarily the the top price of the day. So you've got to be uh, first in, best rest, which that's just natural markets. Oh, also, it? look, I'm not sure. Um, I, the, once again, my words. This isn't anyone else saying to me. I'm not sure if there's maybe a problem with the with a with a bit of with with the technology um, mm. in terms of you know growers being able to access it, it just with the demands on the system. Um, you know when they and what they've tried to do is they've staggered the time the release of prices uh, from a time perspective. Like I think they release you know for example they'll release Geraldton prices at eleven a.m. or twelve. 
yeah. and then and then they stagger it, you know, thirty or forty-five minutes for each port zone, so that everybody can. You know, the idea is everyone gets a lick at the ice cream, I guess. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how that's working, but or whether there is a problem with the tech, but it does seem to be getting overwhelmed. Yeah, and they are looking. I know I read some press releases the other day. Uh, it looks like it might be tea ports as well. Are looking at the potential to set up in Western Australia also? Uh, yeah, well, um, there was a – they had three growers or uh, on uh, ABC Country Hour that's last right, week, yeah. and that that's where all this sort of narrative's coming out of, yeah. Okay. Because yeah. they're really – because Bungie down there, and that's really mm-hmm. it, isn't it? CBH. Yes, it is. Bungie and Bungie's yep. uh, Bunbury, which is not – Yeah. Or, <coughs> or the container market around Perth. Market, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. There aren't which, that many out. There aren't which, that, that many outlets. Yeah. Which a lot of that container market is CBH anyway. Yeah, so, but you know, look. The question is, where do you where, where where do you put where do you put these things in Western Australia? Um, even though it's a massive coastline, um, you when you're drilling down into it, there's actually not that many places that you can go and put up a, a new a, a new grain terminal or a, not, some not you know some silos on the shore, and you send the like the tea ports model is then they they load on the shore side and then send you know um, their portable loader or the boat whatever they call that out to deeper water. I'm not you know I I'm not sure where you you can do those things. Yeah. And yeah. it's and it's not that many places worth a big drawing arc as well. There's not no, and, and it's hard to compete against a co-op. It is, and also um, whilst the 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 ports say Esperance or you know Cornana, they are their own port authority. You know, CBH is one of their big customers amongst mining companies and amongst these other things. So, um, you know, those there the, there is no sort of blanket approach to all of that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Do you, do you get over there much these days at all, Adam, to the, to the west, or do you indeed get much out of the office, or a lot of, is a lot of your work now just via phone and chatting with networks? Oh, that's the day-to-day of it. Um, I do try to get around and, and see everybody. Um, I was in Western Australia back at oh, sort of, you know, um, Easter time, Um you know, I've got, you know, some family, um, you know, and friends in the West. The West is, you know, sort of my biggest, you know, market. I mean, I haven't sort of done the numbers recently, but, you know, but, but that's, it's, it's the biggest, you know, exporting and the biggest, you know, sort of wheat growing state. Oh, you know, New South Wales challenges it from time to time. But, um, yeah, West Australia is pretty important to me. Um, the... Uh, you know, I'll be in South Australia next month. Uh, you know, there's a cohort of traders in there that I've got great relationships with. They're, they're important to me. So I do try to go and, and, and see people. Yeah, yeah. I just I'm find like- that it's better, you know, I, you, just, you just learn so much, you know, from each other if you're sitting there face-to-face on someone's patch as opposed to, you know, the phone or WhatsApp or whatever it is you're using to communicate and transact on. Yeah. Or like Andrew and I stuck behind a computer desk just analysing the numbers. Yeah. 20, yeah. 29 hours a day. Yeah. Look, I would have um, – I do do try to get out and have a look at a bit of crop, but, you know, this year, just with the way that the weather is and the way these floods, you just – you can't get anywhere. So, um, yeah, I'll just I, leave it. I was planning on doing that motorcycle crop tour this year. Then I thought, bugger that. 
Yeah. No chance we're doing motorcycle no, tour in this room. No, 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 no. It's hard enough in the car. Yeah. Look, with Western Australia, there was a time when I uh, had to, uh, you know, I had a non-compete period back in 2015 uh, when I was working for somebody and I'd made the decision to go out on my own. Uh, I had to sit on the sidelines for a bit. Uh, so I went harvesting in Western Australia. I was working in Esperance. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Whereabouts? Um, Who with? Uh, I, I was at Um yeah. Um, yeah, Scott's you know, got a good pub, isn't it? Uh, it no, no, you're talking about Gibson, which is just down the road. They call yeah, it the yeah, Gibson yeah. Soak. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. and that is a good pub. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that part of the world. It's a beautiful part of the world. It is. It's mag- It's absolutely magnificent. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, they. You know, just yeah, those those beaches and that environment and the people. You know, they're 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 fantastic. Yeah. I knew uh, I met a, 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 a farming family from Mongolnup, uh-huh. and they'd been here since I don't know, nineteen seventies or something. Yeah, uh-huh. strongest Scottish accent I've ever heard. The kids were born in Australia and still had <laughs> massively strong Scottish accent. Uh-huh. Uh, do you remember? Do you remember John Whiteside from St John's? I, I do. Remember. Yes. So he used to. He he was. He's obviously of Scottish heritage. So yeah. I think he was born in Australia. Him and his sister. But um, when he would speak to his mates at school, he'd speak in an Australian accent. And when he'd talk to his parents, he'd put on the Scottish. Oh, I not put it on, but I guess he spoke to his parents in English, but with a Scottish accent. Yeah, right. It was. It was a curious one. Like why you would put the accent on to speak. It's the same language, right? Although sometimes when you listen to Android, that's debatable. Um, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, yes, technically speaking, it's the same language, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just just part of Australia's rich, like, diverse, multicultural tapestry. <laughs> there you go. Well, I reckon, unless you've got any other probing questions for Adam, I think we've, he's, he's, he's performed exceptionally well, very, considering very, we, very we sprung it on him late last, last week. Very professional. Very uh, didn't 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 give me enough dirt on Matt, but we can get that next time we're in the pub. I need, need, need a bit of that, that, and look, and I, that, and, and that is the forum stories. for that. That is yes. the forum for yeah. you know throwing Matt under the bus. Yeah, it's not here. <laughs> right. Well, what we might do is we might re-record. And likewise, he can do it to me too. I don't know. No, but we'll re-record this podcast one night at eleven p.m. and uh, and we'll see if we can get some of that. We'll do a, a Ag Watchers After Dark episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can't wait for that one. Can't wait for that one. So, um, no, it's been good having having you on, mate. We we'll have to try and catch up at some stage in the near term for a in person beer, like we said, and a, and a sure. chat about more things, um, more, more private matters that we can't say on a podcast. But yeah. um, that was a long time ago. Don't worry. I probably got more things. Come up with some new material, probably. I could I could throw them under the bus, probably a bit more anyway, <laughs> and and vice versa, probably. So. Yeah, well, you'd have more on him these days than I do, Andrew. I reckon a lot more. I reckon too. That's 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 the only reason we work together because we've got equal amounts of uh, <laughs> dirt on each other. Dirt on each other. <laughs> so we can't leave. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Not without a big expose out there. That's you know? Four corners. Mm. Mm, that's it. Right. Oh well. Yeah. F- thanks for coming on. Fantastic. Uh, thank you for having great, me. Great insights. And Catch- um, I think we should um. It'd be nice to have a you know yeah, Adam just, doing some kind of song. Yeah, so, outro, but I think he's not. He's not going to do it. Adam. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a it's a different mindset. That stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so right. it's too early in the morning. He has to warm his voice oh, up. Oh yeah, true. Yeah. So that's all. These are all the things. Uh, we now's not the time to break into song. 
Yeah, there you go. All right, well, all right. We'll uh, we'll we'll let you go. But it's been uh, right. great having a chat, and uh, thanks for yeah. the insights. And we'll um we'll see you when you got nothing on. Okay, thanks, lads. Toodaloo.